Hey, V1 Church. Thank you for listening to the V1 Church podcast. I'm Julie Signorelli, and this week I preach a powerful message called Restoration Rising. Join us as we lean in and hear about what God is restoring the lost things in our lives. Hey, V1 Church. I am so excited to be bringing the word today. This is my first full-length message of 2021. Feels good to be back. Feels good to be back. Feels good to be back. Man, it's been a long year already, right? We are, uh, it's only March, but but uh, I, think, I think 2020 had its moment. 2021's making a comeback, but I was trying to think of even something funny to say referencing 2020, but it's just, it's too soon. It's too soon. So we ain't going there. But we all walked out of 2020 feeling like we'd all lost something, right? We've all lost something in 2020. And if we didn't lose income, we, we probably lost a little confidence and doing things different than the way that we used to, right? What we used to do, how we used to go grocery shopping, how we used to work, how we used to parent, how we used to do school. Hello, all the parents said, amen. How we used to go on dates. Dates got weird. Where me and Mike are like eating in huts on a busy street, just praying to God a bus doesn't hit us. Like, it's weird. It's weird. How we used to clean. All my oil people, y'all started using bleach and hand sanitizer. You know what I'm saying? You broke your rules. You broke your rules. I think the the theme of 2020 is don't ever say what you won't do, right? Because we've all done things that we all all said we wouldn't do. But um, we've all learned some lessons. We learned some lessons on judgments. Uh, We all had something to lose in 2020. Some of us lost friends. Some of us lost Facebook arguments. Some of us (laughs) lost Twitter wars. And some... And some of us lost hope, right? Jobs. Some, some of us lost family members. Some of us suffered, suffered. I just spoke with someone this morning who is in the process of losing their parent to COVID. I mean, this is serious, right? We, we, we went through some, some serious losses. But I want to remind you that whatever you may have lost, that God has every intention of restoration to restore what's been lost back to you. So whatever you lost in 2020, don't lose hope for getting restoration in 2021. So I want you to open up your Bibles with me. If, you, uh, if your Bible glows, that's okay. That's okay. Um, or if you got one of these beefy ones like I have. You know, I got, I'm old, man, and I just put tabs on this Bible, and I don't even care. So, you know, tabs or tabless, like use your Bible, whatever. And uh, I want you to open up your Bible with me. And we're going to read out of 2 Kings chapter 6. And so I'm going to be kind of hopping around after that. We're going to post the scriptures up on the screen. So if you have trouble following along, don't worry, don't worry. Um, But we're going to be talking about Elisha and one of the miracles that Elisha did. But I want to just give you some quick background because some of you are new to the faith. And you may not know, like, who's Elisha? Like, is he in a band? Like, what is he doing? So we're, we're in the Old Testament. So the first half of the book. And Elisha was an apprentice or a protege of Elijah, who was a prophet in the Old Testament. And he was anointed by Elijah, and he actually received a double portion, a 
of anointing. So if you ever hear us saying, yeah, double portion, like that's what that's referencing. Just so you know, now, you know, you're welcome. I just gave you some street cred at a dinner party, so you're good. But uh, he went on to perform twice as many miracles. And so just to give you some reference, Elisha, so this guy who performed twice as many miracles was a son of a farmer, and or he was a farmer by trade. And when Elijah found him, just to give you uh, a little background, that he was actually plowing a field. So he's just doing his job, being faithful to what God had called him to. And Elijah had been on a run. So this, this guy's uh, apprentice had been on the run from Jezebel. He had been publicly humiliated. I mean, this, this dude was going through a lot, but he sees, he sees Elisha and uh, God told him to find him. And so once he located him, again, I'm giving you the I'm giving you the Cliff Notes version. Uh, once he located him, uh, he, was, he placed his uh, cloak on his shoulder, and Elisha knew right away that he needed to go and study under Elijah. Um, so Eli- Elisha, being who he is, you know I'm going to mix those names up. Good Lord. <laughs> Uh, he, uh, he cooked a meal and he said goodbye to his parents and then he went on his way. So Elisha, a young farmer living with his parents, called to do double the miracles than his apprentice. In other words, in other words, young people, are you hearing me? Working in corporate America while living in mom and dad's basement was called to do great works by God. Just a young person trying to get their startup off the ground, being faithful to God, just living at home was still called to do a double portion. Sometimes it ain't about where you are. It's about where you're going and what God has called for you to do. No season is wasted. Young people, are you hearing me? No season is wasted. Old people, are you hearing me? No season is wasted. No season is wasted. Now, I want to read this together. Um, We're going to break down some of the beginning. And then at the end, I want you to prepare your heart even now for what God is going to do. So we're going to pray. Church, come on. Close your eyes, stretch out your hand. Lord, right now we decree and declare, Lord, that there are going to be miracles of restoration that are going to take place in this service. God, that wherever people are listening to, whether it be a watch party, whether it be a home, whether it be at our HQs, whether it be a mom and dad's basement, that God is about to do great and mighty works of restoration, that no season is wasted in the mighty name of Jesus. And V1 Church said, are you ready to read the word? Okay. So, It's chapter, or I'm sorry, in verse six, it says, now the son said to Elisha, see the the place where we will dwell under your charge is too small for us. Sorry, it was chapter six, verse one. Now the sons, I'm going to start over because sometimes you need a redo and I'm, if I can do it, you could do it. So you might be up here preaching next week. Now the sons of the prophet said to Elisha, see the place where we dwell under your charge is too small for us. Verse two, let us go to Jordan. Each of us get there, get, get there a log and let us make a place to dwell there. And he answered, go. Then one of them said, be pleased to go with your servants. And he answered, I will go. And so he went with them and they came to the Jordan and they cut down trees. But as one was a, but as one felling a log, his ax fell into the water and he cried out, alas, my master, it was borrowed. Then the man of God said, where did it fall? And he showed him the place and he cut off a stick and threw it in there and made the iron float and said, take it up. So he reached out his hand and took it. So there's a couple of things I want to set up in those scriptures. Um, and we're talking about the recovery of the axe head. So in, in verses one through three, the sons of the prophets needed to expand. So they come to Elisha and said, hey, we don't have enough room. Is that familiar to somebody at V1 Church? 
Hey, we don't have enough room. We got to expand into watch parties. Hey, we don't have enough room. We just flipped a venue and it's already too small. Hey, we don't have enough room. We got things to do. Let's join a connect group. Oh no, Liz called. We need four more connect groups. She calls again. Oh no, we need six more connect groups. Sometimes the people in your camp will push you to grow and do things that you never even thought possible. That one was free. That's not even in my notes. You know what I'm saying? So we go down a little further, and, um, and then we see that in verses 4 through 7, we, it talks about the recovery of the axe head. So we have another miracle of provision. And it says that Elisha went with them, and he came down to the Jordan, and that as, as he was cutting down the tree, see, the iron axe head that fell into the water was actually of great value. It was of great value. That may not mean nothing to you because you're like, well, go to Home Depot and get another. This is Bible times, people. You can't do that. This represented a great value. And you hear the cry in this man's heart. So, so Elisha has this, this young man and, and a log falls and he loses the head of the ax and you hear him cry out, alas, it was borrowed. What am I going to do? How am I going to make provision? How am I going to do the Lord's work after I've suffered such a loss? See, I've been in ministry and done the right thing and lost credibility, but gained righteousness with God. Sometimes things happen when you're trying to do the right thing. This man was trying to build places for prophets to dwell. That's an honorable thing. He did it with authority. He went to Elisha. Can we do this? Can we, can we, um, can, is it okay that we extend this far? And guess what? They got permission. He goes to be obedient. And then sure enough, tragedy happens. Some of us have invested resources into the kingdom and then felt like they were lost. Some of us have picked up the cross of Jesus to serve and to uh, honor him. And then in the, in the, in the, wake of that, in the wake of that decision, we've lost family members, marriages, children. Some of us have surrendered to the Lord's work and found out we had illness. But God, but God, I was trying to remain faithful. Guess what? Me too. Me too. I've been there. I've been there when I felt like I was trying to remain faithful. And then I have this, this, this thing that was borrowed to me, this thing of great worth. And I felt like it was sunken into a muddy river lost forever. But God, my means, what I'm able to do, my credibility, my faithfulness, my resources, I've, I've had them lost too. I understand I felt like that iron worker. Have you guys ever felt like that iron worker? See, some of us, what was lost? Some of you lost homes that were borrowed. Some of us have lost resources and titles that were borrowed. The loss is more significant because not only are you suffering the loss of something, but now you're suffering what was lost and what was owed. See, you understand this. Anybody ever wrecked a brand new car? I will not confirm nor deny if I've done this. But I remember them saying, do you want gap insurance? I'm like, I'm 18 years old. Tell me what gap insurance is. I already got insurance. Like, what are you talking about? See, gap insurance covers the difference. If you were to wreck a car and then all of a sudden it's no longer worth what it's valued at. It covers the gap. And so a lot of us, and just so, just so you know, this is your 
if you do finance a car, I, we're more Dave Ramsey people, but that's neither here nor there. But if you do finance a car, get the gap insurance. That one's free. You're welcome. Love Mama Six. Okay. Because when you wreck something that you don't owe, you still owe the banker. And the enemy is taunting you saying, see, look at what you lost. Now you owe the baggage too. See, you got that disease. Now you own the side effects too. See, you suffered abuse, but now you got to own the trauma too. And we feel like our acts, our means of life, Our hope, our security has sunk to the bottom of a dirty river never to be recovered. But see, then that's when Jesus enters the room. Jesus enters the scene. See, Elisha's just the Christ figure in the story. Verse 6, it says that Elisha throws a stick in the water. He throws a stick in the water. What does that mean? And the ax begins to flow. What does that mean? That God uses random things to show that we are meeting him at the point of his faith. God will use crazy things. And so we fast forward and you see Jesus. And you might think, you know, you might be watching this and you say, you know what, I'm not even a Christian. I don't even know why I'm watching this. What does the cross mean to me? It means everything. It might seem like an insignificant object, just like that piece of wood floating in the river. What does that mean for me? It means that thousands of years ago, Jesus thought about you, loved you, saw your sins, saw what was lost, saw your trauma, saw all that you owe, and decided to pay the the debt of that gap. He is a sacrifice to set you free from sin and from shame, to pay debts of sin that you could never owe that his blood and his freedom are available to recover all. To recover all. 1 John 1, verse 7, chapter 1, verse 7 says that, but if we will walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all all sin all from what all first john chapter 2 verse 2 it says for he is he is the propitiation for our sin not for ours only but also for the sins of the whole world in other words he was the sacrificial death for our sins Everything that looks sunken, lost, never to be seen again, forgotten, he is about to bring to the surface on your behalf because he restores all. Isaiah 61, verses 3 through 4, it says, To grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress. Somebody just do this, you know? Men too, it's okay. To give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit. I love that translation in the ESV, a faint spirit. That they may be called oaks of righteousness, 
the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified, that that shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations, the former trauma, the former things that have been forgotten. And they shall repair the ruined cities, the ruined homes, the ruined families, the devastations of many generations. God is a restorer. Jeremiah 30, verses 17 and 18. For I will restore health to you and your wounds I will heal, declares the Lord. Because they have called you an outcast, because they called you a loser, because they called you no good, because they called you washed up, too young, too old, It is Zion for whom no one cares. Thus says the Lord, behold, I will restore the fortunes. Somebody say fortunes. I will restore the fortunes of the tents of Jacob and have compassion on his dwelling. The city shall be rebuilt on its mound and the palace shall stand where it used to be. Only God could restore tents to palaces. Only God can restore something that was a tent and make it a palace. Many years ago, Mike and I were not given an amount that we felt like we were owed. And I'm not one of those that pray prayer, weird prayers about their enemies. I don't post enemy memes. I don't post weird, uh, you know, things. I'm not one of those that like, God's gonna, you know, just take your ears off. Like, I don't know. I just don't pray those kind of prayers. It's just weird to me. My, my spiritual gift is mercy. Just to give you an idea of where I'm coming from. I know I yell a lot, but I'm actually like very merciful. I guess maybe not everybody would think so, but whatever. <laughs> And I was thinking about that loss, and I hadn't thought about that loss in a long time. And I was listening to a sermon by Robert Ferguson about restoration. I was very encouraged. Actually, my my husband was like, sit down and watch this. It sounds like I was a real spiritual and watched it on my own, but he actually forced me. Thank you, boo. Thank you, boo. And uh, I was watching that sermon. It was all about recovering loss. And, I, and, I, and it had been months since I had seen that, but for whatever reason, that amount popped in my head. And I prayed and I said, Lord, I never pray this, but I want it back. I want that loss back. And I said, I know that's a bold prayer. I know it's out of character for me, but I want it all back. I want it all back because see the law of restitution back in biblical days says that we are allowed to ask up to four times back what was owed to us. And did you know within 48 hours, we received the full amount that equaled four times back what we were loaned. 48 hours. Something I cried over for years and two two days, God was like, thank you for praying it. Thank you for praying a prayer that aligns with my will. Thank you for releasing it and opening up your mouth and telling the enemy to shut up because I am a God of restoration. Bold faith. This is a season 2021. Man, I, I, 
Honestly, I just feel like I'll take it. That's my word for 2021, bold faith. Maybe that's your word too. See, you got your own set of axes, of dreams, of resources, sitting at the bottom of a yucky river. They've been sit, some of them been sitting there for decades. Some of them been sitting there for months, years, days. But see, I'm gonna be the Elisha, if you will, this morning. And I'm gonna take this sermon doesn't really mean much in the grand scheme of things, but I'm gonna use it as the stick that Elisha threw in the water for you on your behalf. And I'm gonna be the stick in the water this morning that's saying in Jesus' name, bring it up what was lost. In Jesus' name, let it rise to the surface. Everything restored, we are calling it up. Now here's the thing, here's the thing. It wasn't without effort because see what Elisha did was he threw the stick in the water, the iron came up and then Elisha said, okay, dude, go get it. Go get it. See, sometimes God will create situations that actually take a little effort from us. And so I I love what, what even Spurgeon says, he says, God can do all things. He can make iron swim, we cannot. And yet you see the prophet did it and he did it by the use of the stick. He cut down a stick. Was there a connection between the stick and the iron? I love what Spurgeon says, says, I can't see any. And yet God uses it. But you gotta participate in the miracle. This is, I'm asking you to participate in the miracle. See, I know that God is gonna do it. I know that. But what we're saying here at V1 Church is get up and grab it. Get up and grab it. So some of you need freedom in relationships and you need to be restored to to new relationships that where Christ is the center. And so your action step is gonna be, oh, I need to to get into a connect group. Some of you, uh, the thing that you've lost is finances and your action step might be to give. Some of you might have things that are lost, like, uh, like marriages, and you, maybe your action step is you need to say, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? See, the doors are open today for you to participate in the miracle, for you to reach out and say, God, I'm choosing to trust again. I know I've been hurt in church, but I'm gonna trust again. I'm gonna go reach out and grab the miracle because I know the healing's already at the surface. Some of you have had trouble conceiving, but I'm gonna ask you to try again because the miracle is rising up from the surface. Some of you have had uh, hurt and pain through relationships, but I'm gonna ask you trust again. Would you trust again? It's restitution time. See, we have to rebuke the lies. This is not about me. This is not about this awesome song that I know, you know, you're gonna sing really great, but it's not about that. No pressure. It's about Jesus. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses two through three, it says, and return to the Lord your God, you and your children and obey his voice in all that I command you today, with all your heart and with all your soul, then. So in other words, return to the Lord, love God with all your heart, do whatever he's asking you to do, 
then the Lord your God will restore your fortunes and have mercy on you. He will gather you again from all people where the Lord your God has scattered you. Some of you have years, whole seasons, decades laying at the bottom of the yucky river never to look like they're going to be recovered but Joel 2:25 says I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten the hopper and the destroyer and the cutter my great army which I sent among you you shall eat plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dwelt dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never Never again be put to shame. Never again be put to shame. See, you're not the only one doing this. This sermon is an act of faith for me. I had two years of my life that I felt like were robbed due to chronic illness. It kept me in the bed. It kept me from doing some great things that God had for me. It kept me down. It was the, it was, it was just the most, I, I just was felt bad for myself. You ever just feel bad for yourself? I felt bad for myself this morning, if we're being honest. But I'm asking the Lord to restore four times what was robbed for me. And in 2021, I'm about to walk into the healthiest decade that I have ever seen, that I'm gonna do more with my body, I'm gonna do more with my ministry, I'm gonna do more with my kids and with my family and with my husband than I ever deemed possible because our God takes tents and restores them into palaces. Can I get an amen? So this is not a prosperity gospel message, okay? I can't promise if you give $10, you're gonna receive, I don't know, I can't do math, 60, I'm not even sure, whatever, who cares? <laughs> I'm a preacher, not a mathematician, all right? I'm not preaching a prosperity gospel, this is a restorative gospel. This is a restoration gospel. If God provided for the ax head, for the young prophet who was trying to build and expand God's kingdom, trying to do the right thing, if he provided for the ax head and let it float to the water, how much more will he provide for you? How much more would he bring your destiny back to the surface? Will he bring your healing back to the surface? Will he bring your finances back to the surface? How much more? Who is going into the water this morning, today, tonight, 3 a.m., whatever your flavor, wherever you're watching? Who's going back into the water to get what God is bringing to the surface? I don't care if the river's muddy. I don't care if it stinks. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care if people think I'm crazy. I'm diving in because God has a promise for me. He's got a promise for you. And all his promises are yes. And amen. Come on, sing it out. Hallelujah. Come on, church, sing it. Raise your hands wherever you are. is yes. I'm not saying everything you ask is yes. Sometimes we ask for dumb things that'll kill us, right? 
I'm telling you, every promise that he has for you in his word, that's a yes. That's a yes. So what I'm gonna ask you right now is whatever you're believing God for, do not give up hope. You need to connect with somebody in this chat. You need to connect with somebody in your connect group. You need to reach out to somebody in your house. You need to say, pray and agree with me that this thing will be done in the name of Jesus, that I'm going to jump in the water and go after my healing. And God is about to bring some things to the surface this week for your restoration. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for staying all the way to the end of that message. I hope it impacted you in a powerful way. I want to invite you to download the B1 Church app. There you can sign up for a connect group. You can get sermon notes. You can also give if you'd like to sow a seed into B1 Church. And we just want to thank you so much. I hope that this ministered to you. And we will see you next week here on the B1 Church Podcast. We cannot wait to connect with you soon.